Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 48. I am Josh Roop, my co-captain as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, why don't you send us through those wonderful friends of ours? So, uh, friends of the podcast. So, first and foremost, let's talk about This Week in Pinball. If you don't have time to go through all the Pinside forums to find out all the fun stuff that's going on, uh, please check out This Week in Pinball. Uh, also another site to check out too is pinball supernova. Just go ahead and see uh, what's going on over there. Uh, the pinball loft, it's a blog. Uh, he talked about his experience of opening up his Avengers and, uh, just a fun place to check out, uh, pin shades. Uh, if you want to go ahead and play without getting the glare off your glass, go ahead and check out pin shades. There's also a black Friday sale. And if you want to enter in a code, there's loser kid BF. That's L-O-S-E-R-K-I-D-B-F uh, So for Black Friday sale. Uh, also, uh, Brian Allen at uh, Flyland Designs, if you want to have that alternate artwork for that classic uh, Williams Valley game, go ahead and check out uh, Brian Allen. Also, if you don't have a game, but you still want to display that excellent artwork, uh, go ahead and check out Lit Frames. Lit Frames is a great way of, of making your uh, pinball room more fun. And we will talk about our last uh, sponsor for the show. But first, let's talk about who we have on. Josh, who do we have on today? There's one person you forgot to mention, Scott, which is Zach and Nicole Menny with Flipping Out Pinball. They are awesome. If you need your Avengers or you want a Deadpool like our next guest has been streaming lately, hit them up at Flipping Out Pinball. Our next guest is number one on the IFPA. He has destroyed Pin Clash. If you haven't watched the video, please go check it out. Our guest is Raymond Davidson. How you doing, sir? Hey, 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 guys. Thanks for having me on. For sure. And, and, and we definitely want to tell people if they want to check out um, how amazing Raymond is and how um, less awesome you are at playing pinball. Go ahead and check out his Twitch stream. It's uh, Ray Day Pinball, and he also uh, uploads it to YouTube, too. So if you want to see how the game's supposed to be played, go ahead and check that out. <laughs> yeah. What, what was awesome is like... It seriously, what was it like? Eight o'clock on Sunday night, and Pin Clash is about to wrap it up, and you're like, "No, no, I've got to, I've got to do this." And so, like, <laughs> yeah, I just, I had to try, you know. It's like, why not and see what happens? But you were just as excited as I think everyone else was watching. I love that moment, dude. Just the the <laughs> the jumping up and down. You got the one shot left. It was, it was oh, awesome. Oh man, it was it was heart pounding. <laughs> but Raymond, you gotta tell us, you know. You're working for Stern now. Life has gotten crazier. What got you into all this? Like, how did you start all this? What, what What was your gateway into the pinball universe? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, we can go back to the very beginning, which was when I was, you know, just a, a toddler coming over to grandma's house. They, um, in Eastern Washington, uh, Spokane, I would go over to grandma's, we'd, uh, you know, a family trip over there. And I would always spend my time in the basement on the pinball machine they had. Uh, you know, they had a pool table and a foosball, air hockey, Super Nintendo. But I would I would always play the, the pinball machine. It was a 1976 Gottlieb uh, Pioneer, which is the uh, two-player version of Spirit of 76. Nice. And my dad kind of showed me the ropes, you know, hit these targets to light this, you know, try to get extra ball. Don't tilt because you get all these bonus points. And I just, I just loved it, you know, right away, um, something about it. And so I would just play it every time I was over there. And then, uh, you know, time goes on and I start seeing pinball machines in restaurants, um, you know, Red Robins, and just kind of playing those while you wait for your food. 
and I, I start figuring out, hey, wait, you can win replays. Like you can, uh, you can keep playing if you're if you're good. And so that really motivated me to fu- like go online um, and figure out, you know, read up on these things, find the rules, figure out, you know, how do I get these points? And so now in like middle school, um, there was a go-karting place that I'd ride my bike to after school and they had a Terminator 2. And so I played that thing like multiple times a week. And I don't know if you played much Terminator 2, but you won't get a replay uh, just flipping around on it. It it kicks your butt and you need to know exactly how to lock the balls to light the jackpots and shoot the cannon to get the jackpots. And so that that game really helped me, you know, learn like very specific objectives and, and how to how to just keep playing at that go-karting place for hours on just a couple bucks. And I just loved it. It was like my personal challenge of how long can I play on on a, a few bucks. And and that kind of just fueled my passion even more until I found out there was a uh, pinball show. I believe it was the 2006 uh, Oak Harbor pinball show in, in the, the Seattle area. And I begged, you know, my parents, please, we got to go here. And, uh, you know, it was so far away. It's like, I think we had to drive like around, like we could have taken a ferry, but we didn't. And uh, way out in Oak Harbor. And, but, you know, my mom drove drove me there and uh, we got to see the show and all these games and I just, I loved it. And so then I was bummed to find out that they didn't have it the next year. But then the year after that was when the Northwest Pinball Show officially opened. And that was something that I'd go to every year. And that's where I entered my first IFPA tournament, which was the Northwest Pinball Championships. And that was, I think, in 2008. And, uh, you know, they asked me, do you want to sign up for the novice division or the open division? Uh, hey, if you sign up for the open division, you know, you'll get these world ranking points. I'm like, whoa, that sounds cool. I want to be ranked, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> nice, uh, nice. yeah, so so I, I, I just went for it right away. You know, yeah, sign me up for the open division. And uh, I ended up, you know, qualifying top 16. I think there was only probably like 30 people there, but still getting top 16, you know, meant I got to play on Sunday. And, uh, I don't think I made it past the first round, but you know, I got like 20 bucks or something for, for qualifying. So, you know, it made me feel good. Gave me a a taste of it. So then the next year I was super excited and I don't think I actually qualified the next year. I was super bummed because I just, the next year people like, you know, uh, Keith Elwin and, and other people started flying out. It was starting to become a big tournament and I just, I couldn't compete. Um, and so I, I didn't qualify. I was heartbroken. I think I got like 21st when you needed to be top 16. And, but then I just, that just made me focus even more of, uh, finding all these resources online, you know, discovering dead passes, post passes, that sort of thing, along with, uh, reading rule sheets. I remember, uh, just pouring over the pages of Lord of the Rings and Simpsons pinball party. I just ate up every, every bit of it and, uh, came back you know, the next year. And I think I ended up getting like ninth. And uh, every year after that, it would be the number one tournament I'd look forward to. And that just that's kind of what jump started my uh, competitive pinball because that got me ranked that got me looking at my rank got me finding more ranked tournaments to go to. Uh, And when I got um, second, which was I think in 2011 at the Northwest Pinball Championships, 
uh, I got like a huge prize. It was like 1400 bucks. Um, I got second to Keith, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not, nothing uh, weird about that. Uh, a sign of things to come. And uh, I used that money to fund a trip to Papa. And so 2011 or 2012 was my first trip to Papa. And I got to compete. You know, I went straight for A Division, of course, because I'm just like all riled up. I'm like, yeah, look at me. And oh, my God, I got my butt handed to me. I spent I think I spent a thousand dollars in entries trying to qualify. Yeah. I mean, I had the money because I had won it. And that's kind of how I justified it to myself. But it was also kind of like this horrible gambling addiction of like, I can just qualify if I just keep trying. And you were a teenager at this point, right? Yeah, I think I, I I was like 18, yeah. Okay, so you fly across the country to play into a pinball uh, tournament and your family's like, hey, have fun. Or did <laughs> they come? Or like, I, I don't, I, I can't imagine that at 18 that I'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to go do this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I had like a chaperone sort of like uh, a, a pinball buddy that they kind of knew and trusted. And, and yeah, I don't know. I mean... Maybe I was like 19. I don't know. I, I, yeah, it was around that age. I never really thought about it. Um, but yeah, they just were like, yeah, have fun. Uh, and so, uh, you know, flew over to Pittsburgh and of course didn't qualify even after trying my hardest. Um, but that was just like another level up moment, just like when I didn't qualify at Northwest, uh, that year. So, you know, I just practiced more, watched more videos and just kept dreaming of like someday I'll, I'll play in the Papa World Championships and eventually that would would happen, you know, in the future years. That is nice. awesome. <laughs> That's I that, I'm glad Scott had brought that up cuz I was kind of thinking like Yeah, I, I'm like trying to do math. the math and stuff like that. <laughs> and you're like barely out of high school and you're flying across country to do this. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I remember yeah, cuz I don't think I was 21 cuz I couldn't um couldn't play in bars or anything, so yeah, I was pretty young. So you went on to win Papa, right? You spoiler I have alert. Not, I did not win Papa. Uh, oh. The best I've done is I I got second. That was the year where I got second at Papa and second at Pinburg, which was pretty crazy. <laughs> that's I, awesome, I actually, though. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's what we call sharpen it. <laughs> yeah, but then the, then I, I made up for it because then then later on I got first in uh, IFPA two years in a row okay, so that, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> definitely makes up for lo- it. <laughs> lo- love you josh love you josh yeah no it's uh it's it's okay well there is one thing i do want to talk about though and and i don't know of anybody else that likes this game uh like i do but i actually have a black rose and i know oh. you have talked about black rose before so yes. t- tell me why black rose is awesome so black rose um that was actually the first pinball machine that I had in my house. Um, my dad and I saw it at like a movie theater and we thought the cannon was so cool. And, you know, we'd, we'd play it. We sometimes would go to that movie theater just, just to play it. And then it, you know, it disappeared from the movie theater and we were sad, but then all of a sudden it showed up at a red Robin. And so now all of a sudden now we'd be going to red Robin all the time to play it. And then, then finally, when we moved um, to Seattle from Yakima, um, I had, been in full swing of of pinball you know getting into it my dad was like we should get you a pinball machine uh what what was that game that we really liked I'm like oh black rose he's like yeah and so we actually ordered a black rose off of this crazy expensive pinball website you know 
you're so naive back then where you just would Google like buy a pinball machine and you'd click on the first thing you see and it would be like a $3,500 game from like Game Room Depot or whatever. I don't not a real name, but, and so we, we coughed up a ton of money, got this thing shipped to us. It was, and it was pretty pristine, but it arrived with the glass completely shattered over everything. And it was just a huge mess. And we had to refuse shipment. And I was so devastated. Um, but then my dad just had the idea of, well, why don't I just, there can't be that many operators in Yakima, Washington. And so he just investigated and, and found the phone number of the guy that operated the one that we played at the movie theater and the one at Red Robin. And we ended up just buying that one from him for like 1500 bucks. It was like half wow. the price. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so that's, that's the story of how we, we got Black Rose. Um, now it needed some love and care. We had to fix it up a little bit. Uh, but once we got it rolling, um, I just, I loved playing it because um, I would always look for ways to get extra balls in games because I figured, you know, if you get an extra ball, you know, that's like an extra life. Like if you just yeah. keep getting those, you're, you're never going to lose. And on Black Rose, you can just shoot the whirlpool five times and you, you get an extra ball. And so I would just like focus on that. So I'd keep the extra balls flowing. And then the sinking of ships, I, I realized were how you get the big, big points. And so I would just try to see how many ships I could sink. And, uh, you know, that's part of the, what, ga- what makes me love that game is just the points just go through the stratosphere where it's like 20 million, 30 million, 40 million, you know, and a replay is at like 25 million or whatever. So uh, that was, just, I just loved it. It was like, like one of my first games we played, kind of had a little bit of history to it. And then once we got it, um, you know, I played all the time. It would be the game that was in my house whenever I had a friend over. I'd show them check out pinball. They'd be like, whoa, you have a pinball machine. Holy crap. Like, you know, and uh, yeah, I just I just really like the way that game shoots with the um, the left ramp to upper flipper sort of shot and, uh, you know, the multi ball and the sinking of the ships and oh, the music. I actually had some of the some of the music on my phone. Like it was so good. It, I actually have a I have a hard time thinking of selling that game for the same reason, because it is that classic uh, late 80s, early 90s. Nah, 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 you know, it's just yeah, it's, it's just it, just like beefy sound of just, yeah, it gets in your head and it's it got the rhythm, got the, the you know, you can kind of sing along to it a little bit, gets you pumped up. OK, so do you did you have light? Do you still have the game? Yeah, it's well, it's at my parents house. OK, um, OK, in Seattle. But um, does it have lightning flippers or regular flippers? Uh, regular flippers. So that game never was supposed to have lightning flippers. Really? Want... Okay. Yeah, I, th- it... I thought it was supposed to have lightning flippers. I think yours does because when your friends was like, this is boring. I'm throwing lightning flippers on. And I think that's how yours ended up with them. Okay. Cause mine, mine is, I mean, it's, it's like, it's so hard to get, especially like uh, <laughs> lighting, like getting the, uh, the multi balls because hitting that like left thing behind the you know that left shot just oh, yes it must be at the very tip of your little lightning nub like, yeah, yeah it is it's basically the knuckle of it before it goes straight down the middle and so okay so i i have it on good authority now that raymond davidson says that i'm supposed to change this back to standard flippers <laughs> yeah i mean i think you'll see it with lightning flippers in tournaments because it, it can play long but only Doctor Who, Dracula, and I think Popeye were the three original, um, like, Ausler games that the Europeans said were too easy or whatever. I, I don't know the full story, but Black Rose was not uh, not one of them. 
All right. Well, now that I have permission to swap it back, because I, I bought it from someone who's like, I, you know, it's from Lee. Hi, Lee. He's actually stuck in quarantine in uh, in uh, the Asia right now. So he's watching like a billion movies. Uh, so I bought it from him and he wanted to take it back to as original as possible. So he put the lightning flippers on. So now, hey, Lee, sorry. Uh, Raymond says you're wrong. So <laughs> now, now I can actually play it a little better. But I, I love the game. It is so much fun. And it would be hard for me to actually... Uh, sell it now also a couple of things i did on it which you may like uh do you have invisible glass on it no I, the uh invisible glass now yeah it it changes the game i when i swapped it out and i put it on and my wife came down and looked and she said i didn't know there was a ship a ship decal right in the very back i'm like yeah it's been there, like oh yeah that that game black rose does have a pretty bad um bad yeah, glare square. The yeah, because yeah, it's got the Mondo kind of back valley back glass, yeah. and then also the display is kind of in a raised up place, so it it glares on the play field as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's my uh, my suggestion for you. Go ahead and put that on. I also put on some pin stadiums, and it it makes it a totally modern game. I also put in a, a color DMD, uh, which makes it a lot more fun. But yeah, I, I I just have a hard time just emotionally wanting to sell that game, just because it is. It's from a different time and it plays differently and feels differently, but it is, it's a fun game. It's really fun to play. Yeah. And, and, you know, those games, they're not making any more of them. So I think they're only kind of keep getting harder to find. So if yeah. you can have, if you have the space, I'd say, hold on to that. Yeah. So, so classic nineties. So you're going to pick four of the classic nineties games that you're like, okay, I'm going to select those for my vault, uh, my keep in my basement games. What would you do? Ooh, that's tough. Um, well, I guess Black Rose. Uh, and then, um, I mean, maybe Terminator 2, just because it was one of the ones that I, I grew up on. Um, then, uh, let's see. Really like uh, Dracula. That was another game I owned for a while that taught me, you know, how to really better yourself. Um, Dracula is really fun when you get all those multiballs going. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you're and you're Johannes and can uh, get like yeah. five five billion points in one ball. Yeah, yeah, just like do all the things with uh, effortlessly. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And then maybe maybe one of the like expensive A lists like uh, Indiana Jones or or something like that. Uh, I do like the Shadow though. That that's a fun game. I that like is a Shadow. way good game. Yeah. yeah. I actually I, off the I, top of my head. Uh, I've I've been having a debate because I actually got to go up and play Scott's Avengers LE, which by the way is fantastic. Um, yeah, and he, t- he I, took he took my GC by like five hundred points. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to. And, he he came up to my house to sleep overnight because he was taking a class in the morning, and then he robbed my GC. I was about to throw him out at midnight. <laughs> but I had I, I'm in a pickle because I do have my Avengers Premium on order which is is backlogged and but I had someone offer me uh, a shadow and a judge dread but the, the kicker is I wouldn't be able to get Avengers and I'm like you've got to be joking me like this is shadow is oh. fantastic I, I love the shadow and I'm starting to just start to love dread judge dread it's one of those games I think that kind of grows on you the more that you learn it you know okay Josh I, I'm sorry after playing Avengers that is the one I turn on you have you know how many machines I have that's the one. That's the one that right now is top of my list of never leaving my house. 
well, I don't think I could break my son's heart because I told him we're bringing home Avengers. And he's in that. It, the only thing that could top Avengers in my house is if I told him Harry Potter. I know that's the cliche, <laughs> but seriously, like the child, he wears his his Wait, the child you want the mandalorian now you want baby yoda yes i take that but my my child wears where are they the harry potter capes the ones that have the wand pocket on the inside he's always listening on audible to a harry potter book i mean but we watch the marvel movies all the time so like it's avengers than harry potter but so i don't think i can go through a shadow and judge dread but still but i think i'm gonna be happy either way i mean avengers is fantastic it really is Thanks. Uh, yeah, it's, I had a lot of fun working on it. Okay, I do have one question, though, and, and I have I have seen this a few times. Mine doesn't do it as much as some people talking about it, but sometimes when you nail the Captain Marvel shot, it goes about two-thirds of the way up before it does the loop around, and it just shoots right back down. Like, is there something I'm on? Like, my game doesn't do it a lot, but it does it sometimes. Is it... So, usually if it's only... If it's doing that um maybe your flipper like have you been playing for a while sometimes the flippers uh can get a little tired um and uh no no i i'm not talking it like doesn't make it up the ramp i'm talking it screaming up the ramp at mach 2 and it's almost like it it seems like it hits an up post and immediately just rejects like comes back down the only thing i can think of is there's the plastic uh protector flap uh at the entrance yeah. So maybe if it's rattling and hitting that, um, I'm not sure. Or the one, the one thing I thought to... is if you look at the left side of the, you know, the funnel ramp, there's the, the wire form comes and then bends a little acutely out a little bit. And I wonder if it just hits that just right. But I, I've heard it from a few people that it, it, they've had reject on the Captain Marvel ramp. So I'm wondering if, uh, I, I didn't know if Stern was aware of that or if I had uh, experienced any of that. So. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask uh, Keith or uh, the mechanical engineer. Um, yeah. I just uh, write the software. Well, <laughs> sure, but you play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 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 you're probably also a lot better shot than I am, so you're you're more likely to uh, nail the shot. So. Yeah, there's definitely something to uh, you know. You have to. It's designed to be hit in a certain spot, and if you hit it in a little not quite that spot, then yeah, it might not um, follow the guides as it's meant to. Um, and kind of work its way around. Like if you hit it too early, maybe I, I'm not, I don't know. Okay. So, so you brought up writing code. What is your job at Stern? Like I know that Rick Nagel's the head code person. Do you just, does he just say, okay, take this. I I'll take that. Like, how does it work with your, with your job? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like he, um, he kind of over, he, he does a lot of the, the work. Um, or he, he, he kind of oversees the general picture and then gets in the uh, real nitty gritty of, of some of the more, you know, complicated stuff, um, coordinating the subway movements, uh, devices and that sort of thing. Um, and then also writing kind of the the structure of the code, you know, how, how you're going to have your files and, and things. And then, uh, you know, he kind of has everything set up in a nice engineered, crafted way. Then he can just hand out like, hey, um, you know, Keith, Keith just floods us with like mode, mode requests, like have this mode, do this, you know, do this, do this, do this. And and, you know, Rick and I basically just pull from the the queue um, and just sort of, you know, work on them as 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 they come in. 
Yeah, I, I've always wondered because there's a lot of people working on one game, and I, I'm just like, there's just got to be a lot to the software if you guys have two, three guys working on the code all at once, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's um, other support programmers too that do wonderful uh, things like the light shows. Like I, I don't really haven't really done any of the light shows um, other than like super basic stuff like making the tower go bop 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 bop, you know, <laughs> in a little uh, choreographed way. Um, but all the fancy effects, uh, the uh, Brett, he uh, he he's amazing, and he does uh, like the bonus, you know, light effects, and he's still adding more now. So. Um, yeah, everyone kind of just does what they're best at contributing and just trying to get get the software as good as we can. So we've ta- we've talked to other people who they're, you know, they're competitive as their passion and then they take a job at pinball. Like how has that affected your um I guess your pinball mindset? Like not uh, not one bit. Not really? <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Everyone everyone kept warning me about this. And here I am still streaming, you know, after work, still looking up tournaments and, 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 you know, strategies and stuff and talking pinball and doing pinball podcasts. Like, I just love pinball. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It hasn't really hit me yet, I guess. It's like marrying the mistress is what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Okay. I will say I had to laugh so hard when, when, uh, in that uh we're in a text thread that talks uh, there's a lot of podcasters on there and stuff and when someone said uh uh ray day rage quitting i'm like oh okay i gotta see this that was the calmest rage quit that i've ever seen you're like oh i'm done click and you went and sat down <laughs> turning on uh, diddy yeah. <laughs> i mean for me i'm getting like triple danger warnings where like thanos is coming out of the machine and says you know you're gonna beat up the machine a little bit if you uh, keep shaking it like that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just so mad. It was a lo- it was a long stream, and yeah. and it kept just draining me at the worst possible times. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I can tell when you're streaming that you truly are enjoying every moment that you're flipping, Wh- which yeah. I th- I think is something amazing because even there are times when I feel like I'm chopping wood and I'm not even remotely your level, so. Yeah, uh, it, it must be, I, I guess it must be fun being able to go to a machine and say, hey, I uh, I can do this. Like, I, I, I can get really deep into this game. So, so here's, here's another question. For you at a super high level, what are the things that you would tell anybody who's like, you know, I'm at a plateau. I'm not actually getting any better or, or worse. I just seem like where I am. What are the a couple things that you can say, okay, Here's how you take your game to the next level. Uh, I think um, watching uh, people or playing against people that are better than you and just kind of observing all the little things um, that they're doing that you're not doing. And then also, um, you know, try to apply, try to, you know, do a couple drop catches, you know, try to try to really focus on um, control and then learning the rules I think is really big. I think like you can have a basic idea for the rules, but if you want to beat people at tournaments, you kind of need to know, like you don't need to know everything, but you need the stuff you do know, you need to like have a plan for. And so you're never just kind of flipping around aimlessly. Like you should always have something in mind, whether it's the next multi-ball or the next mode. So just like being able to formulate uh, the next steps in your in your head um, is super important. 
Um, and will go a long way because if you have objectives, then you're going to naturally want to figure out how to trap the ball. Because, you know, if, if you know that you need to hit the left orbit to activate something, then you're going to try your hardest to get the ball on the right flipper, whether that means dead passing it from the left or drop catching it on the right or post passing. And so then your, your goal becomes get on the right flipper. Whereas if you don't know the rules and you're just flipping around whatever it gives you, uh, then you don't really see the benefit of the control as much. So they kind of go hand in hand. You kind of need, you need both. So how do you, how do you go about learning those? Like, what is your resource? And by the way, you said exactly what Eric Stone said when uh, he used to live in Utah. And so he came out and we invited him to do kind of a little tutorial to uh, the local guys. And that was the one thing he said is when you step up to a machine, always have a plan. Like mm-hmm. you, you need to know what you're planning on doing. So you, uh, so that's good to know that the number one and number two player have the same approach. Uh, what do you do to compile? I mean, there's so many games out there and yes, I know there are games that you see over and over again, but how would someone go about, okay, this is how I want to find out the rules. And this is the competitive approach because there is a difference between a recreational apo- approach and a competitive approach to a game. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just depends on what your your goals are and, uh, you know, recognizing the risk and reward of the different strategies. Um, sometimes you realize, like, I'm going to need a huge score, so I need to play it more uh, for the long game. And other times it's like, I just need to knock it last. And so then you kind of shift over to just hitting the couple shots you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you combine the two, you know, you start hitting the shots you need to to knock it last. And then once you got that buffer, now you can start thinking bigger and planning out for uh, uh, higher points in the future and, and that sort of thing. So do you use like pin tips or do you actually just know that if, if you're in a tournament and you walk up to a game that you're not super familiar with, there has to be some way that you have a resource to say, okay, the, this reminds me of what to do. I mean, it's just, it seems like I would just ask somebody, you know, who has played the game, and I just have slowly accumulated the remembering um, just from going to tournaments. You know, one way to, to get better is just to go to tournaments and you'll slowly uh, see more and more games. And then every time you see a game, you add it to your, your knowledge bank. Um, but if you've you know never seen a game before, I would just ask somebody. I'd be like, hey, do you know how to get multiball? And if everybody's like, no, I've never seen it either. I have no idea. Well, then you got to you know, maybe look at the rule card, look at the play field, you know, try to find those green lights that say lock, um, on them. And, uh, yeah, pin tips. That's a great site that, uh, a lot of people use. I know it gets like record traffic at, uh, Pinburg every year. So you can definitely, uh, look up that for some nice starting points. So the one thing I want to bring up, cause I was watching your pin clash video and I noticed, cause if, if you know, escape Nublar, everyone out there, it's, it's a time-based mode you're trying to do as fast as you possibly can well if you happen to watch ray day's video you were wishing it would drain like i was like why the crap is he wanting this to drain and later on i asked you you said you know it stops the timer and if you can do it right and i'd never thought of that are you constantly looking for for stuff like that or yeah so as soon as the ball hits the drain it it stops the timer and it doesn't start the timer until you hit another switch so if the next shot you make is the shot you want to hit you've basically just warp piped the ball from, you know, one place to, to your next shot. And so 
all that time trying to set up, trying to get trapped, trying to hit the shot and the ball path that the shot would have to travel on is no longer counting against you. If you drain, pause the timer, short plunge, get the ball to a flipper and then nail the the shot that you're trying to hit. But like, did you just randomly figure this out? Is this something that like everyone in the top five, do you get together? And you're like, by the way, if you do this, like, I mean, kind of, yeah, it's, kind of, it, it kind of spreads like wildfire where, uh, you know, you'll see somebody getting a crazy time and, You'll see them short plunging and then you'll be like, why are you doing that? And then they'll explain it to you and be like, huh? Okay. And at first you might be like, eh, that's probably not that important. But then you start doing it and you start seeing results. So you do it more and more and then other people start seeing it and then they do it more. And uh, yeah, it just kind of spreads, spreads around. That actually reminds me of uh, speed runs. So like in classic NES games, uh, when they get all the way to the end of Super Mario Brothers and they do it in like nine minutes, 20 seconds or something like that. There are all these little tips that they have to save time that doesn't count against them. So that's really interesting that you're able to utilize that in pinball, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. Well, it's just funny, like the little things you don't catch, like my very first tournament I played in, uh, I was fortunate enough to get to the final four. And the last game we played on was Getaway. And so I started watching the the gentleman before me, the very first guy that gets up and he he launches the ball and he lets it drain. And I'm like, what the heck is mm. he doing? And and then he just kind of lets it, he he tries to time it so he's still got ball saved so he doesn't, you know, mess himself over. But then he's like, then he started playing. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? Because then he's in third gear already, you know, because of the ball save. And I, I, that's when I learned, oh, if you let it drain, it automatically starts building up your RPMs. And you just, yeah, you to do shift See, I think that's, it. you know, there are these weird little tricks like that, but the, the overlying theme is you just gotta, gotta be curious, gotta pay attention. So because you saw him doing that and you asked the question, you know, you got rewarded because now you get to find out about this cool new strategy. Um, whereas if you just turned a blind eye to it, or you don't have the, you know, curiosity or the, the will to look at these things, um, you know, that you're, you're only going to get better if you, uh, look at look at everything and, and try to find the best you know best strategies and and share information with everyone well that's what made me chuckle one of my favorite moments is i was on attack for mars i'm playing three other guys and um i remember we'd had keith l1 on and he's like never shoot up the middle in a tournament just go for the ramps and the orbits right that's like the best strategy on that game just just get into total annihilation and just blow it up and so i'm like well if i'm going to be doing that i'm going to go for the the billion hurry up and so on ball two, I saw it all coming together. I get stoked, right? And I hit the shot. I get the one billion hurry up. Total Boom. annihilation happens. I'm excited. I'm jumping up and down. I blow up the game. I walk away on ball two. And the guy that's that's before me in the queue walks over and he's like, what the hell? And I was like, <laughs> what? And he's like, I, and I'm quoting. So <laughs> anywho, and he's like, what did you just do? And I, and I, I tried to explain it to him. And it's funny because... Like two minutes later, we've got a picture out of Attack from Mars, and I'm trying to explain it because it just wasn't clicking. But I'm like, dude, just it, it's the billion hurry up. I thought everyone knew, and it, it's it's cool to teach someone something new, like especially in a tournament setting. I've had that happen. Bo and Karen's helped help me when we did like Salt Lake Gaming Con and stuff like that. And he's like, just hit this and this. It was Star uh, Starship Troopers, and he's like, just do this, this, and this, and you'll be good to go. And then it was funny because I did those things. And he'd walked off and came back and he's like, oh, you obviously did what I told you to. <laughs> to you <know? laughs> nice. So, but it's cool. It's it, like, I think, I think everyone should have that mentality of it's not about B 
beating the other person about knowledge, it should be about skill, right? So, well, it, it, it's a combination, though. I mean, you have the the yeah, people like who, I said, you can yeah, be like, the best best shooter in the world, but if you never even stop to ask, "Am I shooting the right things?" Then yeah, maybe you don't deserve to beat someone that put in the time to to like even ask that question, right? True. Now, yes, I, I agree to an extent that it's it's you shouldn't beat somebody. Uh, knowing something that the other person like can't possibly know or or like you know they're asking like how do i get this and you just like don't tell them and it's some super secret thing who knows what or if you're you know programming the game and you know something like that i think obviously is just not what you want but if it's something that anybody can have access to you know you should reward people that that take that extra couple minutes because it's not that long or that much effort to just you know Ask yourself, hey, I wonder if there's an add a ball in this multi ball, and and then try to ask people or play yourself to try to find it, um, and, and you know that sort of thing. Yeah, I I actually ran into that in a Black Rose where my buddy came over, and he short plunged and he didn't open the the locker, you know, Davy Jones locker, and just let it drop. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, there's a, if you don't activate the play field, you can just keep shooting until you open up, open it up. And I'm like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I well, very, very observant. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I, and I'm not really that observant of a player. So, okay. It sounds like that's, that's my tip is I need to step up my knowledge of the game. So. You got to start standing over people's shoulders as they play, not touching them, just kind of like you know stalkerish kind of style while they're they're playing you're just right behind the tape but they know you're there kind of thing you know <laughs> you know i i i love it when they have it set up so they actually have a screen right above so it shows the play field i when yeah. i see when i see things like that i'm just like that is amazing because everybody can see what they're doing that's one of the limitations of pinball is because it, at least previously before flat screens became ridiculously cheap you kind of had to be really awkwardly involved in watching the action as opposed to just, uh, you know, just taking the, the person's word for it. So. Yeah, definitely uh, a lot more technology, technological advances, uh, especially just pinball streaming in general has blown up. Oh yes. Yeah. And, and I love that high level players and even like their number one player is, is actually streaming and showing the knowledge. Actually, that's one thing that's amazing about pinball is you're actually giving away tips. Like as the high level players, you guys aren't hiding it. You're actually saying, no, this is what you do to get better. That That's what always blows me away. Want more competition, man. Uh, yeah. Tournaments aren't any fun if, if you're the only one that shows up, you know. I don't know. Johannes is pretty good. I don't know if you need any more competition than that, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> that man is insane. I watched his Avengers pro run. What was that like two weeks ago? Holy oh, crap. My good God. Yeah. No, they, that guy's crazy. Oh, insane. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, otherworldly. Yes. It's amazing. The, uh, the flippers like, I, I don't know. It, it's the same thing as, okay. So like in Avengers, when it has the countdown, when you lock it in the tower and you're trying to shoot uh, the Hawkeye shot, like, I don't know, like maybe I flip way too slow or, or trying to figure that out. But I think there are some people that are just better at fast switch or something. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe my timing's off. But when I see people repeatedly hit those shots when the ball's screaming by, I, I, I'm just in awe. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely helps having a good yeah timing and coordination and whatever magic uh, sauce uh, Johannes has. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, and let's let's talk Avengers for a second. So I, I I got on Scott's Avengers two weeks ago. He has the LE, and at first, I'm not gonna lie, I I was not happy with the game. I I I felt like I'd played forever. I felt like I didn't get very far. I was so confused what was going on. I finally slowed myself down. I said, just stop shooting the flashing light. Actually, read the screen. And I love Power Gem. Like I got into Power Gem. That is so addicting. Hitting that spinner to build up Hulk. Oh my God! It, somebody actually read the LCD. Thank I know you. it's it's oh. crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's been so, driving me crazy watching like Jack Danger play and never look at the LCD, and and he'll play like Space Gem. He'd be like, "All right, just hit the two orbits." And I'm like, "No, there's so much more than that." Or Power Gem. Oh, just hit the red shots. No, no, no. There's so much more. Just read. <laughs> well, that's what's crazy is it's like the easier shots on Avengers. If they're flashing, yeah, you hit them, but they're not worth as much as a critical hit shot, which is a little harder to hit. And then I, I thought it'd be the genius that would just sit there and just build up Hulk and build up Hulk because that spinner shot isn't really super hard to hit. And so I just start hitting it, right? And I'm like, why Why is it not building up anymore? Oh, it caps out. All right, let's make a shot and let's start building again. That is so addicting. That's how I took his GC, to be honest, like power jam. <laughs> yeah, so that was my, uh, I, I basically came up with, how that would work where you know at first it was just literally the spinner could raise the values and there was no cap no restriction and i'm like that's insane okay that that spinner it spins really well people are going to abuse this and so i i made up a nice compromise rule where you get one shot so when this the hulk spinner stops spinning then it unlights until you hit another uh you know glancing blow or critical hit and then you can take another uh, another shot at it. So you kind of have to alternate if you want the maximum uh, pointage. Okay, I, I also it, love the gamma ray shot with the sound. Uh, I, I hit that shot regularly, but when it starts building up, like it, I swear it, there's like a short circuit in my brain because it is so stressful to actually hit that shot. But when you hit it, it is so great. Like It, it just feels like fireworks are going off because you just crush yeah. it. Yeah, the points, they go up. It's like uh, every spin makes the next spin worth more. So if you rip it once, you'll get like a nice big score. But if you rip it again, you just get like a huge score because it's it, each spin, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I don't know fantastic. what kind of spinner you put on there, but there's like zero resistance. Like, I was I amazed at that too because it's not like an opt. It's just a normal spinner, but it just, the metal or the size or the weight, it just it just goes. Yeah the the one shot let's see i'm trying to think i i every shot felt very doable this is the thing i loved about this game is as you're playing it there's never a moment where you feel like the game messed you over there it always felt like oh it's my fault for not hitting that shot it's my fault for because all the shots feel very makeable except for maybe the hawkeye the the orbit that comes back around the left side which takes a lot of concentration to hit Mm -hmm. um but other than that, I just I feel like this game is so well balanced and I never felt walked away from the game thinking this game has it out for me. I kept thinking I've got to play one more because I've got to get better because I've I've got to make these shots. Oh, it is. It has the most addicting like one more game uh, feel to it of any game I've played in a while. Yeah, for probably for that reason, huh? Yep. Yeah. And oh, no, I I. I'm with Josh. I think that there are some games where there's that one shot that you're just like, okay, yeah, that's just impossible for me to hit. 
it doesn't feel like any of the shots are out of reach. So I mean, some, yeah, you have to work for it a little more, but you're right. It, it feels I, I'm like that, that, that Captain America shot through the pops that just doesn't look possible. And then it you, goes. Hit it, you hit it on accident. It just yeah. swishes perfectly. Cling. This yeah. feels so good. Yeah. The only, I think actually the one, the one shot I do have complaint with is the one that's behind, uh, what is it? The sanctum <laughs> shot, the one that you've got to get the extra ball and stuff off of. And I'm like, yeah, I always, one, yeah. it's always in the way. And then even when it's not in the way, you end up missing it and then hitting the disc and then it gets put in the way. So it's like extra compounding frustration. Are, are you talking the yes. sanctum shot? I think that's what it is, right? The one yeah, that's it, behind it, the spinning disc. Yes. Yes. It's the sanctum shot. I got an extra ball there once or twice and I was thinking, dang, man, I don't want to shoot for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it does always feel like the knobs in the way. I feel like uh, I, have, I have a lot of luck uh, backhanding that one. Um, you can kind of slide it up there and, and hit it and it feels safer and more accurate, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you have to be really fast in letting it go, though, so the upper flipper doesn't get in the way. Uh, I think you can sneak it in there. Really? Yeah, I think you can. Okay. Yeah, I, I I love that game. I'm super excited about it. And uh, so you have you have the Ellie and um, Josh is getting a Ellie as well. A He's premium? a premium. He's getting a premium. Yeah. Nice. So you'll have the uh, the portal and the uh, and the Marvel action. Yeah, I I love the uh, no. Actually, I will say too. Um, one of our buddies up uh, just up north from me, uh, he just got the pro. And he's loving that too. And so I told him, I was like, hey, when this kind of dies down the craziness, I want to come up and play it because I've heard a lot of people have good experiences on the pro too. Because I think if you didn't see like the Captain Marvel ramp or the Illuminated Subway, you would still look at that game and say, that's amazing. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of ripped out stuff in the game. Yeah, so. it, it is. A, it's a heck of a lot of game uh, for, for a Stern Pro. It, uh, Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, I have a, the pro play field. So I've been streaming that and I, you know, I wish I had the, the LE one cause that's the one I'm, I'm used to. And it has, you know, the portal clunk. I love shooting that portal and, and the Marvel ramp, but I I've had just fun with the uh, pro as well. So they're just, they're both awesome. And uh, you know, if you can, if you can afford to get the, the premium, definitely get the premium. And if, if not get the pro. Yeah. I love that the game, it actually, even though you have two options, the pro and the premium slash LE that you still feel that both games are uh, they are sufficient for what you can get. It's, it's like Metallica. I don't know of anyone who buys Metallica and says, oh, man, I, I wish I had the other stuff. However, even in Avengers, though, you get something extra with the, the premium LE. But even if you don't, you don't feel like you are uh, you're missing something in the, in the pro. It's still a lot of game for your buck. Yeah, Definitely. It is a wonderful game. Like I'm excited for my premium and I really think whether you buy the pro or the premium, you're going to be very happy with this game. It's just like Jurassic park. There's a lot of bang for your buck under that glass. Yeah. it's very akin to Jurassic park, you know, Jurassic park pro has pretty much everything you'd, you'd want, but the premium has got that sweet, um, you know, moving T-Rex and the, uh, the Raptor gate that you can actually trap balls behind. And it just adds that extra, extra awesome little frosting, like frosting on the cake. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. I actually need to adjust my my raptor uh, pit on the left side though, because the ball when the door goes down, the ball actually just kind of hangs up on it. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to level level it. Yeah, I bet yeah. Uh, that's probably a common thing on like Attack from Mars too, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's good. So in uh, in Avengers, what is your favorite mode? If you uh, if you activate the portal, which mode do you say I want to do this one first? That's tough. I mean, I uh, I, I definitely I head towards time gem because I like the perk of getting longer ball saves and being able to add time. And the time gem mode is is nice when you only have one or two balls, um, which usually early on in a game you won't have any portal locks or you'll you'll only have one, and so you can really focus left ramp, right ramp, and then hit the moving target. Um, whereas if you're in a multi-ball going crazy, it's hard to hard to hit that target as it's moving. Um, but I also really like playing Mind Gem because ripping that disc uh, after you've hit all four shots, you can get some serious huge huge points out of, out of uh, spinning that disc. And oftentimes I'll play Thor because Thor starts off, you know, you already have like two of the letters. So if you play Mind Gem, uh, half of the mind gem is spinning the disc, and in Thor, you, if you spin the disc, it lights an add ball, so you're kind of doubling up on uh, your disc action. Um, so yeah, I usually go mind or or time, which is surprising to me because honestly, I I could all I played was power gem. Like I played the other, I I went through each mode because I had to see what everything had to offer. But I just I don't know what it is, but power gem just sucks yeah, I me do into love the- power gem. Um, that's that's probably definitely that's yeah, actually that'd probably be. I might pick that more often. I don't know. See, they're all like actually, honestly, lately I've just been taking whatever the random one suggested is to me because I, they're I all usually the, do that too. Yeah, yeah. I do that because I like the variety on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I get super excited when I, I collect all the Avengers and I'm able to start Soul Gem because it's just a different way of playing that usually you're flipping with impunity, but now you're like, ah, I only have a few flips and I need to. I need to yeah, divvy them I, out. I love, I love how Keith had designed the two kind of um, parallel tracks in the game where you have your your disc modes and your gem quests, but then you also have Avenger collecting. And kind of like Iron Maiden, like you have all those power triangles going on at the same time. Um, and what make, it, it just leads to fun moments where you just you never really know when Soul Gem's going to happen. Um, and so it just kind of like shows up and you're like, oh, hey, Soul Gem time. Or, or maybe you want to get to it and you see, Oh, I only need a couple more spins. Let me just finish off Hulk here. And then you get to play soul gems. So it's just, it's really cool how it works kind of hand in hand um, with, uh, with the rest of the game. You know what you've got to, now you've got to program it. It just popped in my head when you said, you know, it's soul gem time. You should program it in there. So, you know, you got MC hammer says, stop soul gem time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like soul train, like, you know, one of those seventies uh, disco songs. So <laughs> I, I would be shocked if this game doesn't take number one on pin side. Cause it is, well, okay. Sorry. Medieval madness has got this weird, skewed score. That's like, no one's ever going to obtain, but like Avengers is just so amazing. I would not be shocked if it, it's up there. Number two, I know we had we had um I think uh four or five games in the top 10 uh earlier uh had like uh, Avengers, Jurassic Park, Iron Maiden I think and maybe uh uh Deadpool. Yeah. So right now Deadpool, Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park and Avengers all four are in the top 10. Deadpool must have just got moved up because of the code update actually. I hadn't hadn't seen that up there before. Hey, well, speaking of the awesome code update, is- anything interesting with that code update? Uh, any- uh, yeah. Um, uh, so Tanya, who's the lead programmer on Deadpool, he'd been kind of working on this in the background, um, getting all those high score tables, like all 20 of them or whatever. 
Yeah. And um, he also, you know, reached out to me. He was like, hey, is there anything that you would want in the game? I'm going to, we we're going to be doing a Deadpool release. Any suggestions? And so I came up with, um, well, it'd be cool to be able to get mech suit multiball again. Because before you got to 45 weapons, you got to play mech suit. And then you never saw mech suit the rest of the game. So he's like, oh, okay, well, we could just make it, you know, if you get to 150 weapons and then 250 weapons. So technically you can keep getting him as opposed to not being able to get it. And then I also suggested like an extra ball um, for ninjas. Because in that game, there's ninjas that you collect but they don't really do anything. It just says like you've ghosted a ninja. And so I was like, well, it'd be cool to tie that to something like, like an extra ball. Um, and so the, I think those two were kind of my biggest uh, contributions. Oh, and also um, I had sort of complained to him that certain modes would block other modes. And he agreed. He was like, oh yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's not have the super spinner or the Katana Rama block out Sauron. Um, and I also, that was the other thing I said is Sauron should probably be worth more points. So he just cranked up the scoring on that. And so it was this really great collaborative effort, um, you know, to get an, a code update out and everyone was just thrilled with, except for like two or three people on pin side were angry at <laughs> something. <laughs> it was crazy how mad they were that we added three extra songs to Disco Multiball. We didn't remove any. Mm. We added three extra songs. So when you got Disco Multiball, now you had uh, four different songs that would play uh, at random instead of just the one song. But apparently the three new songs just didn't jive with people. I don't know. They didn't like it. They, they, did, they were like, oh, they're so low energy or whatever. I don't know. I thought they were cool. And How, uh, how dare you? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of Total Nuclear Annihilation when Scott actually changed the soundtrack a little bit and people were like, oh, that that ping or that boink at the, the beginning. Beep. Yeah, the beep. <laughs> the beep is lower. It just takes it away. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> you notice that? I, I, I can tell by listening to it, but really it was a non-factor. So the fact that people are were put out that oh i can't hear that same song when i get disco multiball it it blows me away that that's that, that you know what that is important to them yeah and so you know tanyo uh bless his heart like within three or four days turned around another release adding all these adjustments to let you uh stay with the old or, or change the new new disco music and uh so now everyone's happy wow yeah. that that is yeah. impressive that really is that's that's great that like he wasn't like you know what forget you guys but like within days, just took care of it. it. Was like, you know what? Let's just get it done. See, it, as awesome. opposed to Bruce Nightingale, who had the uh, the great line, "You can't satisfy anybody, so don't even try." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! My favorite Bruceism. Yeah, uh, Bruceisms are great. He, he's so organic with them. I'll, I'll hear them even when Ron doesn't call them out. Yeah. I notice them all the yeah. time. I'm like that that sentence he just said. I don't think is how anybody else would have said that. <laughs> well, the funny thing is after he said that, I messaged him. I'm like, aren't you married? Because <laughs> I think you probably want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love the name of the songs too. Disco all day, disco all night, disco all afternoon. It just, yeah. Some, yeah. It's, great. it's, uh, it's, it's fun. That, that Deadpool's fun. Um, it's kind of a mindless game for me where, uh, I bought it cause, uh, I oftentimes, you know, I have a lot of 
Keith games where you're kind of invested in like thinking of your strategy and all this. Deadpool is like you just part, you just shoot, beat up bad guys and and listen to disco music. Like it's just yes. a fun kind of a escape. So um, I was really happy with uh, picking up a Deadpool. It makes me feel like playing Street Fighter Two when I was in high school. That that's what it makes me feel like. It's like yeah, yeah. this is fun. It just yeah, just go ahead and shoot and have fun. That's pretty much it. So the real question we have for you is. How many actual WWEs do you have sent around from winning them? <laughs> okay, f- first off, how many did you win? Because it... <laughs> I think I've won four new in box Sterns, um, and only one of those was a WWE LE. But that one got I, it never actually crossed my path. It got shipped straight to uh, Travis Murray of uh, a Pinball Podcast. Okay. okay, all right. He uh, he reached out, or I. I put it up for sale on Pinside and he uh, reached out to me and was like, Hey, yeah, uh, ship it to this address. Here's uh, money. You know, he sent me the money and I'm like, all right, uh, Zach Sharp, uh, this is the address this uh, game is going to. (laughs) And Zach was like, yeah, okay. seems legit. Uh, And so (laughs) I just basically got a a prize payout essentially. And then I ended up buying uh, my Iron Maiden with, uh, with the money. Now that is an upgrade. Nice. Okay. Did you get the premium or the pro? Uh, just the pro, because sadly a WWE LE is is uh, not even worth a, a a pro. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't hit a home run on anything, right? Or on anything, you can't hit a home run on anything. That, there's a Bruceism for you. Yeah, <laughs> you 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 can't hit a home run every time. But okay, I will say though, uh, Josh and I have gone through the releases that Stern has had in the last ten years, and it's crazy how many amazing excellent games are in that run where if you wanted to just build a collection on the last 10 years you could easily have 20 great games in there oh yeah i mean uh neil mccray in the united kingdom he uh he he was showing his his game room he said he had like 20 capture cards for his lcds so when he streams he can show you the display and i'm like wait a minute 20 20 let me I'm counting on my fingers. I'm like, wasn't there only like 24 LCD games? Like he, he owns every Stern except for like four in the last, you know, five years or whatever. It's just crazy. It just goes to show you how, how many hits have been being cranked out. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I, I'm actually, since I didn't play pinball uh, until like uh, five or six years ago, I don't really have that same, that same, nostalgic connection to a lot of those Williams Valley games. Uh, my friend loves Adam's family. That's his favorite game. He sold his gold cause he wants to have a, a fully restored, uh, you know, like from hep, just super nice. And I was like, I played Adam's family and I just don't get it. it it's not, it, I, I just don't love it. And so maybe I'm just in the minority, but I like the complexity of the new games cause there's so much more to do than the three things that a lot of the, uh, the nineties era games have kind of adding to what you said it's uh yeah different things to do um but also maybe nostalgia plays a part of why people might want the 90s game just because they remember playing them in the arcades and you know certain things about them i was gonna say you guys have done more hits than gottlieb did in the 80s and 90s combined so oh poor gottlieb they were so <laughs> good in their em games <laughs> yeah it's it you know what gottlieb is like the you know it's like sears Sears had, had like such a run for like 80 years and then in the 90s and 2000s they're like yeah i think we're done <laughs> how has life been moving from washington which was your home state you're born and raised right and moving to 
almost halfway across the nation. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a fun uh, road trip uh, in the middle of, you know, May, right when uh, COVID was uh, breaking out. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm situated here now, uh, working at home, basically, only going to the factory to get uh, play fields and, and uh, things like that. But it's kind of just I'm on my own here in my apartment and uh, just, you know, and nothing really different um, other than I do miss some of my friends back in uh, Washington. But uh, luckily with uh, how cheap plane flights are right now, we've actually been able to just kind of head over there uh, on a weekend and oh, yeah. uh, come back and, and it, you know, justifies the, the cost for the time. Um, and so I can still hang out with people and, um, it's uh yeah it's, i i kind of wish um you know this whole covid thing wasn't happening and then i'd be able to actually go out to like logan arcade and and play in pinball things here and and actually kind of start to develop my chicago life but right now it's it's like nothing has really changed i've just sort of physically moved uh but my actual life hasn't changed too much okay i i know seattle has an amazing competitive scene However, I would argue that I don't think there's a tougher scene of competitive pinball than the uh, amount of high quality talent that you guys have right around you. Oh, and, man. And you show up and you're like, okay, so I'm in a foursome. And, you know, I, I, I have uh, Tim Sexton, I got you, I got uh, Keith Elwin, and I have Lyman. Okay, yeah. uh, who's, who's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I am. Um... You know, in the uh, Washington State champs, I had to go against Kaylee George in the finals. And okay, that was, yeah, yeah. Kaylee's that was that was so tough. And the round before that was tough. The round before that was tough. I just can't imagine basically that amount of difficulty, but even more uh, for Illinois. Uh, on, a, on a weekend tournament at Josh Sharp's house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving around, uh, you know, you've been pinball most of your life and whatnot. Is there someone that you just, it's awesome now to be working side by side with at Stern that you're just like, I can't believe I, I, you know, I played, I don't know, like Steve Ritchie's games growing up and now I get to work with the dude or is, is there anyone that you're kind of starstruck with or is it just kind of business as usual? Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, working with, uh, Keith directly. Cause, uh, I get to see kind of how the, how it's made. Uh, you know, I get to see every little like thought that he has, you know, that he runs by me or, 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 you know, ideas as he's coming up with them. I get to see kind of the process of how he, he flushes out a game and, and, uh, it's just really cool to be, uh, you know, working with the goat. Have you thought of designing something yourself or tried with that? Ooh, I don't know. That's, uh, now that I see all the stuff that designers, you know, like Keith has to deal with, I, I don't know if I'd be up for it. There's so much like, um, I mean, maybe Keith is an exception because he also does the rules and the gameplay and like all that stuff. But aside from, from that, there's also just the physical nature of pinball of knowing like you can have a guide rail here and how that's going to affect the shot and versus a post versus a, a metal thing. You know, <laughs> there's just so so much going on when it comes to designing a game like sure i could draw out a layout in pencil but if you told me to you know okay go build it go build that you know it would it would look nothing like a real pinball machine <laughs> it's being held together with duct tape yeah. and wood glue it'd be <laughs> awesome you know 
do you like working on games, like getting under there and doing little tweaks and, uh, you know, changing flippers and all that first? Not particularly. Um, it's more like I'll do it when I have to, but I don't really, um, find joy in, in, uh, in tweaking things. Um, I'm pretty much like, does it, can I play it? Yes. Do all the switches work? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm good to go. Um, but I will say there was some satisfaction in like dialing in the, uh, telekinesis lock on stranger things. And, um, you know, once, once you actually finish the task, it always feels great, no matter what it is, but motivating myself to, you know, cause I know what, what goes into it. I know I'm going to have to like figure out how this thing, you know, how to get this off safely without breaking things and how to not lose the little washer <laughs> and, 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 and how to put it back together. And I know all the troubles and stuff. So if I can avoid doing any of that, I will. But once it's done, if you, you end up doing it, I'm always very happy, you know, that I did it. So it's kind of just the way it is. That's kind of how I was, I was with my Jurassic Park as soon as I got the pro a couple weeks ago. And the problem was, is every time you'd, you'd auto launch or whatever, the ball would uh, like halfway clunk up the, the 180 ramp. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? You brought that up before. And uh, I actually, so I found, I had talked to someone, they said, if you put a small, just a small washer underneath the left fork of the, the shooter lane solves that whole problem. And I, I think I've had it clunk maybe once since I've done that. And I don't know. It, it's funny how just little stuff like that, you know, it, you don't want, it's like, really, do I have to take the glass off and do this? But once you do it, you're so much happier with the end result. Yeah, you really, yeah, it's, it definitely is uh, nice once, once you, once you get it working the way you want it. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the auto launcher on Jurassic Park, at least mine, it just feels automatic. It's just like, but it's okay. Actually, I will say the auto launcher on, and I know there's a, a whole bunch of different, uh, super duper secret skill shots, but with, uh, with Avengers, when you just hit the auto launcher, it just goes flying around that uh, giant wire ramp. It just feels so cool. Like that ball travels uh, all over the place and then you just hit it right in the tower. I still love that. I mean, once oh, Josh yeah, told that's, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. Super skill shot and just full plunge. I, I, I love Keith's, uh, not all, all three of his games have unique, uh, plungers that can help you get the ball to different places based on, on how, you know, how, how you plunge it. Yeah. Well, and I love that he's starting to reutilize an actual skill shot, right? Like I have turtles and it's, it's fun, but like, I don't actually use the plunger. I just hit the, you hold the left flipper and hit the, the auto launch button and wait for it to come all the way around. Right. Yeah. No, on, um, on Avengers, that secret skill shot is so tough, but if you go for it and hit it, it's so big and it feels oh, yes. so sad. So satisfying. You get that portal lock, and you're like, I earned that, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, J- Josh went and uh, drove a, uh, drew a Sharpie on my game. Okay, pull it to this point. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny, too, is you're like, I don't know how I get Soul Jab. And I'm like, dude, you just collect all the Avengers. And you're like, oh. Josh, okay. <laughs> I, to- I told you, I don't read rules. I-, I need to read rules. That That's what I've learned from tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> Now you got to get your GC back. I know. I ha- hey, I-, I will say, even with you knowing the rules, you only beat me by 500. So, yeah, 500,000. Uh, okay. Right. Same diff. Okay. Yeah. Same diff, yeah. That's like one Hulk shot. So, uh, it depends. Are we are we talking Wizard of Oz scoring or are we talking mid- or Attack from Mars scoring? You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, what percentage delta are we, are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, okay, actually, I, I will say on mine, I, I didn't even put in the tilt bob yet. Because I actually, I really don't shake games that much. And so I was like, ah, I just got bored and I didn't put it in. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if you're not shaking it anyway, then it probably doesn't matter too much. But uh, makes it, if you want to practice, <laughs> practice your nudging, then you need to put it in there so you know exactly how much you can get away with, like, in a yeah. tournament. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have noticed that uh, there's there's a couple of games that like my attack from Mars for some odd reason the tilt was just weird in that game. I don't know if it was the shaker mode or what it was, but um, I ended up just taking it out. Yeah, I've noticed um, you really have to put the tilt bob low or else it will just like bobble and tilt you like crazy. Um, I don't know if it has to do with the the ring position or or, or something, but uh, on my games I basically pull the bob all the way down until the uh, tip of the cone is just barely in the in the ring so it's it's almost like i don't have a tilt bob but it 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 adds just enough so that i you know it puts that that edge where yes you can Mm -hmm. tilt do you ever use the uh the earplug uh tip where you where you put that in oh yeah yeah so if you have the earplug you can set it a little tighter then then you can uh, you can actually move the move the plum up a little bit um and then that's a much more predictable uh nice nice tilt mechanism I don't know how games like in the wild, like in the nineties, how are people not cursing their mouths off with, uh, with tilts? Like I play a random Bally Williams game. And if, if you just put the tilt Bob in without thinking about it, it's like feather tight. Cause it just pop up, up tilt, tilt, tilt. And like, it just blows my mind. Like maybe operators just didn't put in tilt bobs. Maybe that's why. <laughs> like operators especially in the wild i think that was one of the challenges and still actually to some degree is a challenge with having pinball in the wild is you have to have an an uh an operator who is invested in maintenance they can't just throw something in a 7-eleven or whatever it is and just leave it because uh the game will just get destroyed like flippers will be gone or just uh, shots will not be available or there'll be a, some random ball lock. You actually have to maintain the game. So otherwise it just gets thrashed and then no one plays it. Yeah. I mean, luckily um, people have started their passion has just shown through of, uh, you know, I love pinball. I want other people to play pinball. So I'm going to operate pinball. Um, and that's just been able to allow more people to play. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, a lot of places are closing down. Um, hopefully they can open back up or, or new places can can open again once uh, things get back to normal. Yeah, just like Bruce Nightingale, and whatnot, man. Like I hope I hope when all this stuff finally goes away that they can open up the Silver Ball Bar Saloon, Silver Silver blah 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 Silver Ball Saloon again because it's it's sad to see, especially like a veteran like Bruce. You know, it just it sucks. It really does. Get out there, play some pinball at at your local place. You know, glove up, mask up. Grab all the extra hand sanitizer you can. Um, you, if you don't feel safe, then don't do it. But seriously, there's a lot of people that are suffering right now. If, if you listen to Jeff Teolis on Pinball Profile on 284, he talks about cabin fever. And man, it's just, it's sad. It's sad that places like that that are amazing, that are staples to communities, are, are having a really hard time because they're not nowhere near even like half capacity. And so... Just, just support local pinball. We got, you know, like Roger Sharp said, the only way we're going to grow pinball is by the local scene, by having it out on location. And it's it's very true. That's how a lot of us find it. So, 
So Raymond, how many games are you working on simultaneously? Um, I mean, usually just one, but uh, sometimes I can't help myself. Um, like on the weekends and middle of the night, uh, just you know, punching up a few lines of code in the Avengers. <laughs> how how far is it away from one point oh? Uh, I don't know. It's what is it nine point three? So point seven away. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was an awesome answer. I'm not okay, that's true. That's true. Ask a stupid answer, you get a stupid answer. Well, cool. Um, we're kind of getting close to our wrap-up time. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about, Raymond, that we haven't really discussed or whatnot? I don't know. I mean, we talked about uh, Avengers and uh, Pinball. Uh, okay, well, we'll definitely get you out of hat. Uh, and just so anybody knows, uh, I do have some people who have asked for hats and uh, they are on the queue to get sent out. Uh, I have been super busy and have not been able to get to them, but uh, we'll definitely get one out to you, Raymond. And uh, always check out uh, Raymond's Twitch, uh, Ray Day Pinball, and he will give you the news on exactly how to play those games like they should be played. And uh, check out the archived stuff on YouTube. Uh, Raymond, if they want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? You can always just message me on Facebook. Um, even if I, you're not like added as a friend, I still you know see those messages. Um, or uh, I have a website, technically, uh, raydaypinball.com. And I think there's uh, there might be an email buried in the do or die uh, podcast link, which we'll <laughs> see if that ever happens again. Um, uh, but yeah, you, you can just, uh, just Facebook message me. It's probably the easiest. All right. Well, uh, thanks again. We really appreciate you taking the time out and uh, talking pinball, which is something we all have a passion for. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. For sure. We love having you on, man. That was it's. You're welcome back anytime. It's pretty cool to have you on. So awesome. Before we wrap this up, though, I want to do two things. Uh, the first thing is I want to give a quick shout out to um, Poor Man's Pinball Podcast, along with Tim Lee and Glenn Watcher. Uh, if you did not listen to their last episode, which was just yesterday, uh, it was live. And so it usually takes a couple days to get up on on uh, the podcatcher. We were nominated as, as one of the podcasts of genius. Did you hear this, Scott? I, I did not know I was genius uh, category, but no, no. Good. <laughs> I, I want to hurry and play this for you guys. Do you mind setting through this, Raymond? It's, it's just a minute long. Sure. Tribe presents Podcasts of Genius. Podcasts of Genius. Today we salute you, nicest pinball podcast in the universe. It's the Music Kid Pinball Podcast. You could be like other podcasters and rip other shows, dropping F-bombs, trying to be cool, but you stinkers know your swag is better than theirs. Only champions wear their beanies. Sometimes you want to give the middle finger. But you just give them that pointy finger, cause you're from Utah. Just don't bring up deep roots. Sure, you might not win a Twippy by being nice, but you can lay your heads on that comfy pillow at night knowing your logo is on a pinball machine. Suck it in and true. So mix yourselves a couple of Shirley Temples, loser kids, cause you'll always be winners with us. These guys always get the best in. I'm sorry. I absolutely loved it. It was okay. That just, that was awesome because I loved <laughs> those Miller Light commercials. Wasn't it like Miller Light or Bud Light, Bud Light or something like that? 
one of the it two. Was like what? Yeah. Oh no, they were so funny. Yeah. So oh. thank you guys for that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was smiling over here. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, and then one last thing. This is episode forty-eight. We are coming up on episode fifty, which we're, it's a little bit before our two-year anniversary. But holy crap, we're, we're hitting the big five-zero, right? And so, if you want to be on the podcast, please send us a clip at loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to have your put you at the end of the episode or whatever it is. We're going to gather a bunch of these up. Uh, say whatever you want to say. Uh, just forewarn, if you do swear, we will probably edit it out. We are family friendly, just like just like the Miller Lite commercial said. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but we we would love to hear from you. And so. Thank you for listening to us for for two years now. Holy crap! And we want to thank people like Raymond Davison and Keith Elwin and Eric Minier and Jack Danger. I mean, all those people that have come on our show: Jeff Teolis, Martin Robbins. I mean, it just we've had a slew of people that have come on, just come to BS with us, keep pinball positive, and just have fun with it, man. And I think that's what we really. I think after these two years, that's what we've figured out: is let's have fun and let's play pinball, right? So, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's my two spills. So send us a clip. We hope to hear from you soon. You want to send us off there, Scott, and tell them, tell them where they can find us? Uh, yeah. Uh, so check us out. We usually record uh, roughly about every two to three weeks, depending on the news at Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. Uh, also, you can reach out to us on Facebook. It seems to be the most uh, consistent place that we are. And uh, you can email us at what's our email address, Josh? Lizard Kid Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. And we're also on uh, Instagram or Instaface or the Twitterverse or, or all those other things. Uh, Josh does all that fun stuff. And we would love to hear from you if you guys have anything to that you want us to talk about or uh, suggestions for the show. Go ahead and, and send those in. And we will catch you in about two to three weeks. Again, check out Raymond Davidson. Uh, on his Twitch, and uh, when he when he gets back to competitive pinball, we'll certainly uh, look forward to the Do or Die podcast. Thanks again, Raymond. Yeah, thanks for again for having me on. Sit down.